our responsibility in Franklin is to make sure that we uh, make sure there's smooth transitional assistance for these individuals, that the community is welcoming, that we don't enter any public safety issues, traffic jams. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin FM radio dial, 102.9, here today for another Talk Franklin session in the town administrator's office again. Jamie, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Steve. It's a beautiful day. We had a great emergency management meeting today that we'll talk about, mm -hmm. and um, um, I'll start off with saying um, uh, the uh, head of National Grid, 36 years approached me after the emergency management meeting um, and said that he's been doing this for 35, 36 years. He's worked with over 100 cities and towns. And he said the camaraderie and teamwork that he experiences in Franklin at these emergency management meetings and how we operate as a team is the best that he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me how I'm doing, when you when you're when you're a creature that receives nothing, have you come usually, down off the cloud no, yet? I haven't because I am not, and I'm going to be. I'll let you stay there. Uh, you know, stay there because um, with all the complaints you get, it's uh, when you get a comment like that from somebody that's been doing this that long at that high level um, across of, the breadth of the communities. The breadth of the communities that you see. It yeah. feels pretty good. Absolutely, um, and you you're like, wow, okay, that's. That's also our team work, but that's also human resources, Karen Bratt and Stacy, and finding who do you want to hire? Mm -hmm. who, what are the people that you want as part of your team? Right? Right. Those are bigger questions, and um, it's great to know that we've created a thread where um, Eversource, National Grid, um, state leaders at MEMA, you know. Um, for those that don't know, by the way, mm. uh, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency um, their headquarters is in Framingham. People will see it in the quote-unquote bunker near the state police on Route 9. Right. But their fallback um, and their backup for the major for the headquarters and their district to uh, epicenter is mm -hmm. actually here in Franklin. Right. Um, in, in somewhat a hidden location. It's not very well publicized, but that's part of the emergency management. It's part of the security it, around it as well. So there's is, a little. You could look at the cars in the parking lot. <laughs> you'd have to get that realize, close to, to get do that so. Close, yeah. Because um, it's um, not marked on Google Maps. It's not marked on Google Maps, but it is. It is great to hear that type of stuff. And and, um, and Mima has said similar things to us. Um, it just is such a flawless meeting, where they usually are in meetings for hours and hours and hours and hours without sometimes outcomes. And mm -hmm. here, I think Steve, we're in and out maybe today in about ninety minutes. Less, two less hours, than ninety minutes. Yep. And we've covered every department. Yep. You know, every issue. Um, and you know, Chief McLaughlin's our emergency management director. For those out there that don't know, at the fire department, he does a great job um, bringing everybody together, and it's it's just a, it feels like a very collegial and, and uh, dare I even say fun um, activity to get everybody together a couple times a year for that. Mm -hmm. So um, so it's a great morning. Yeah, no, it was it was a good way to start. Um, I, we were. Uh, speaking on behalf of Pete, we were glad to be included because clearly we play a key role assisting you in mm -hmm. the communications, mm -hmm. sharing the information, and especially in one of those cases, then our work becomes that much more critical to you. That's right. Never mind some of the infrastructure pieces when they're talking about towers and wireless and wire. 
we're also collaborating with those details as well. So there, there's a lot of work that goes on. It is done. It's not perfect because as we were discussing yeah. in the meeting, there's tweaks here, tweaks yeah. there to make it better. But yeah, it was a good start. Or as Brutus said, or Brutus, <laughs> he loves detour signs because it means he's doing his job. Right? So, I mean, I think there is some, it does mean that even though if, if we had perfection, we wouldn't be here. Right. Um, and we just try to make things better every day. And uh, it is great to have Franklin TV there. And um, obviously our technology department, um, Verizon was there. They, they play a critical role. And, sure. And there's things that Verizon brings to the table, which is great, that we never knew of before. So mm -hmm. they offered, um, in fact, to our next issue, um, which is kind of, uh, at least will be breaking news by the time people um, hear this, um, even Verizon being there and hearing what is the most current information, they made offers to the team um, relative to the migrant housing issue. Um, you know, Franklin is gonna be uh, now on the map. Uh, we learned this week, just yesterday, um, that the uh, Best Western Hotel um, will be a site uh, that has been secured by the Commonwealth um, to put temporary, temporary shelter for individuals there and families. Um, and uh, Verizon, just to connect the dots, actually offered a suite of services that mm -hmm. they're offering to the 80 communities in Massachusetts. So there was just like another thing uh, that just is a great way to bring everybody together. And even our corporate partners are mm -hmm. partners. They're sure. present, they're there, yeah, which is partners. great. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to leave Eversource off, but they were there too. But Eversource, unfortunately, only has about 30 customers in town, right. so they have a, a small right. footprint. But it's just great to get everybody there. It was great to hear uh, the positive feedback. And um, just transitioning quickly uh, to the migrant housing issue, um, you know, as, as I think a lot of listeners probably know, um, there's now about 80 sites by our calculation, uh, excuse me, 80 cities and towns, uh, that now have uh, temporary shelters in their communities, uh, mostly in the form of hotels, motels, in mm -hmm. um, some sort of group housing areas. Uh, I think there might even be a couple colleges here or there throughout Massachusetts. Um, it, we're sending out a notice. By the time people listen to this uh, radio show, uh, most people in town will already know. The key information is um, the state is now getting ahead of this by a week or two. Um, there may or may not. We don't know, and the state doesn't know whether families will uh, be arriving in the next week or two. Um, our staff uh, had a quick conversation uh, just earlier this week after this with the fire chief, police chief, our library director, uh, and our board of health director and, and admin team um, to make sure we got together and we build a foundation of where those resources are um, of what uh, we can do. Um, they've leased up to 100 rooms, uh, which is the whole hotel, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, the state, I, I just have to say to people, you know, we know there's already occupancy at that hotel. This is a very fluid situation. And there may actually not be any individuals or families who even end up at the Best Western right. um, in Franklin. As people who've been following this in the news know, um, it, there's really no easy target here. It's a very fluid situation and the state is working around the clock um, to deal with this issue. Um, our role here in Franklin is not to really wade into the debate of policy. That's up to the legislature and our governor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if anyone out there you know, feels like they want to weigh in on this, you know, I really do encourage people to contact legislators or their governor, or Governor Healy, um, or Lieutenant Governor Driscoll. And I'm not passing the buck. 
our responsibility in Franklin is to make sure that we uh, make sure there's smooth transitional assistance for these individuals, that the community is welcoming, that we don't enter any public safety issues, traffic jams. Um, the main message is to get out to people, do not show up there. Um, we know that the listeners out in Franklin that are listening to this, we know that the residents will be welcoming, they will be compassionate, they will be charitable, um, and they will uh, absolutely help where need be. Um, we know that in Franklin, uh, across the board anyway. Um, our departments and the schools will also um, do that. But we're in a support role here. We are not driving the policy, we are not making decisions, we're not advocating, mm -hmm. okay? The broader policy <laughs> debate is really being dealt with on Beacon Hill, and that's where that should be aimed. But in terms of Franklin, our point of contact uh, for this issue will be the Board of Health, which may be for some a little confusing. Why? Um, most don't know what the Board of Health does. Um, it's not just inspections of food establishments, and it's not just septic licenses. <laughs> uh, the Board of Health, as I think you've had on your shows a couple times, Steve, the Board of Health has really widespread broad authority on numerous issues, and one of those is housing. Absolutely. And the Board of Health is, we have our permitting departments all together, planning, conservation, building inspections, and health. Why? Right because those are the departments that deal with housing, mm -hmm. right? And so um, I can't think of a better person than Kathy uh, to lead this, Kathy Liberty. Um, six weeks ago, um, you know, she reached out to me and said, you know, she doesn't want to just be sitting on the side, she wants to lead this mm -hmm. and feels that the Board of Health should be the appropriate authority and, and um, all of our other departments um, were more than happy to have faith in Kathy's leadership on mm -hmm. this. She really is one of the more knowledgeable people on a series of housing issues, yeah. um, certainly subsidizing public housing um, as well as code issues. Mm -hmm. um, she's very well versed in it. She's got a great staff with Ginny and Casilla and the public health nurse Alicia uh, and Maureen, our administrative assistant. So there's some capacity there, whereas jokingly, Steve, obviously, you know, I'm pretty saturated these days. Um, and so are our chiefs uh, with a myriad of other things. So we're really thankful for Kathy to stepping up to play most questions. The state webinars, communications will also be to my office and our chiefs and everybody else as well. But um, a lot of those, like COVID, mm -hmm. a lot of those um, more um, uh, deeper um, webinars and communications are coming from public health, are coming from agencies where the Board of Health are included. So, right. um, again, People should go to the website um, and look at the information that's out there uh, on our press releases. Um, the Board of Health will continue to be the mouthpiece for most of this, um, if not all of it, as we transition. Um, the community will, of course, be in any support role that we can be. Um, public safety is there and ready to wait. I don't think that should be a question. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out. Um, we did include Felicia in the library. Um, and they're already activating and making sure that our ESL uh, tutor programs are available for those with language barriers. And as you would not, of course, be shocked, Steve, um, Felicia is already readying the staff down there that in case if there are infants um, or young children that are come, mm -hmm. um, Felicia and the library staff are going to offer for them to go over to the hotel um, to do some small programs here or there sure. to keep families engaged and, reading groups and to and understand the yep. reading groups. And, to, you know, obviously we can empathize with a mom or parents just being in a new country and, and not being able to speak the languages mm -hmm. maybe or having some difficulties navigating things. And just for that support from Felicia in the library to 
um, to provide a program or two, I imagine would, it, it would be a huge relief for a lot of families who may or may not be over there. So, um, so really, everybody out there uh, that's listening, just um, keep in mind it's a fluid situation, and, and um, there will be more guidance coming out. Um, our school department is ready to act. I did talk to the superintendent this morning, and I know Lucas will get a contact from uh, the state. Um, but before we all jump into our heartfelt moment, um, let's just make sure that we listen to um, the staff here, both the superintendent, Kathy, myself, the council, school committee, and others, for better guidance. Um, if you've looked at the news in other communities, there's been a heartfelt support from almost everywhere. Um, but a lot of times when, when we jump into action too quickly, um, that can actually lead to some broader problems. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and so we want to just make sure we're doing this the right. right way. We're being supportive and not overwhelming um, the hotel. There's a lot of logistics that the state has to coordinate with, um, including the fact that um, a lot of our hotels are spillover communities for concerts and football games at Gillette Stadium or Great Woods. Sure. The amphitheater, also Marlboro with some of the hockey tournaments and yep. sports tournaments. And our occupancy at these hotels already is, is fairly high. When Especially coming into the fall season. Especially where... coming into the fall season. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, there's this guy named Brady coming back <laughs> to town, um, which I'm sure will be its own um, overwhelming. As if Gillette, Gillette wasn't already a sellout <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> and so, you know, we want the public to just realize that when, when you're needed, we will definitely let you know. Yeah, and I think to reemphasize a couple of points, yes, I agree with Kathy Liberty and the Health Department, Board of Health. They've been upfront. Um, they already have the relationships, and specifically in the housing, if there are abandoned houses, yeah. they already are part of that task force to bring in state resources as required to go through the legal process. Right. And two houses have been demolished because of that. Right. Um, so there are empty lots, and people can go and see them, check back in the prior Board of Health meetings and get the yeah. details, et cetera. They may have been missed along the way. The key piece is that we don't know exactly when or how many, or and if. They may, or if, and they may be temporary anyway. So. The fact, reinforcing that Franklin has been a welcoming community, steps up when needed. We will step up, but at this point, we just have to stand by and wait for whatever is going to be needed. And at such point in time, you'll help us figure out what that is. And the state, you know, and there too is 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 moving on the fly on this. I mean, I think they're in a position right now where they don't know the end of this, and you know, they're trying to secure as many sites as possible to be, to be prepared. prepared. Absolutely. And and now, um, what I'm getting word is too is is that um, there were some complaints in the press a month or two ago about um, proper meals and proper services. Um, you know, there are three meals being provided by the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth is going to be providing a uh, public health nurse on site. The Commonwealth is going to be providing someone from the Department of Transition Assistance. So, you know, the Commonwealth is clearly getting ahead of this, too. Right. Um, so there may not be a huge mm -hmm. role for us here. Sure. Um, but when there is a role, we know the Franklin community will come together. And, um, and so uh, we look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll be welcoming when such time comes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was how we started our day. <laughs> Proactively <laughs> planning, is which is the key. Of well, it is, but <laughs> and I think that also reinforces, going back to the MEMA meeting itself, it reinforces that the entire town, effectively, almost all the department heads and or representatives were there working together to prepare for such an emergency 
from whether it's a tornado or storm or whatever. And here also we have a potentially migrant arrival. So it does fall into that. And we're in advance and preparing as opposed to reacting. So nothing wrong with that part. Nothing at all. And I think that's um, kind of part of our brain, right? Right. What I've always said on these shows with you, um, people think this is commonplace. It is not. Mm -hmm. And... And I say that relative to other communities, even in Massachusetts. Um, people love living in Franklin. They love being a part of the social fabric in Franklin. And there's a very tight woven social fabric in this community. Um, and that's continuing. It isn't like this everywhere else in Massachusetts. Mm. I've, I've worked in other communities. Um, I've been a part of other communities. And um, it's just, I'm telling you, it's just not like this everywhere. We're mm -hmm. very lucky here. Yeah, we are. So we'll let you live in the cloud of your exultation <laughs> with the great comments. You, see, you, you deserve it. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. And then we'll get into some of the other some of the other business of recapping since sure, our last sure. time. But um, yeah, so at least some of the meetings that we have we hadn't talked about yet. Um, Davis, they are reused, met again, yeah. progressing the discussion with yeah. some suggestions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you know, I think you know. This you know, there's, a, there's an equilibrium, equalization part that comes to this, which is there's been so much emotion over this for so long, we're finally kind of exhaling a little bit. Mm. Um, and um, the committee kind of narrowed down, um, you know, as a sample, right, a handful of uses that I think the community, no one listener should be shocked by any of these uses, right? right? Um, but our consultants at um, Castle Booze and Associates um, we'll be looking at um, a recreation and, and or arts center. They'll be looking at um, the police station, of course, uh, at the request of a few individuals. Um, they're going to be looking at housing options, which have a lot of sub um, different, options different to it. Different paths that we but, could go. Um, yeah. you know, and so they'll be looking at uh, those several. Um, possibilities. I think also another uh, option on the table was um, kind of a maker space, which for people that don't know is kind of like a rentable artist loft, studios, mm -hmm. economic development style thing. Right. Um, all of which are great ideas. All of which are ideas that I think have been out there, kind of floating in the mm -hmm. the, the ether in town for a yep. while. Um, and um, and so we'll see what happens. Um, I don't expect any kind of dis you know any monetary numbers on that for a few months, but um, in between, um, uh, we're going to have another meeting and invite in Chief Lynch, uh, Ryan Jetty, uh, and some of the other stakeholders to talk about how the building could be of use to those departments and whether there's, they're advantageous or not. Um, and that's all part of the process. Then yep. there's going to be some open houses. Yep. Um, we've talked about how we have to clear the building out. There's right. liability that you know, ADA is a big issue, which is sure. one of the reasons why the school closed. Right. Um, there is no accessibility into the building. There's no elevator. You cannot get to the second or third floors. And, and even though you can get in the first floor, I think as you know, Steve, it is still challenging for somebody oh. um, who has a has a significant um, setback. Yeah, all the doorways are not at state code. The hallways, uh, you can't get, if you're a wheelchair, you can't get through a lot of the doorways. Um, you know, so we have to be careful about this. Um, and I think, I think ultimately what most people want is to, to just get into the building. Right? Mm -hmm. There's this pent-up emotion, which I do expect to be very anticlimactic. Um, the building, by the way, for those who haven't been in for a while, looks exactly the way it did 
10 years ago or 20 years ago. When it was operating as well. Nothing changed. All the fingerprints and handprints from years past are still on the walls. Mm -hmm. Um, The library still looks the same way it does. Um, you know, it will, and I, I know there's a lot of people that really want to get into the building to, to go back through memory lane and some nostalgia, and we will have a couple of those probably in later October into the fall, um, and the committee will meet again in September um, to talk with the chief and, and probably include the um, housing authority and some others to come and just right. listen and engage. Sure. It's all part of the dog and pony show. Yep. Um, and um, it's all part of the process. We've got to do it, um, you know. And I know people have been a little impatient, um, but you know we're humans too. Um, we only have so much bandwidth, and, and we're getting there, and it's exciting. And um, you know, I hope by the end of this calendar year, December, mm-hmm. the holidays, um, you know, there'll be um, at least some sort of document to go to the next town council. Yeah, some recommendation on a short list, or at least a short list. I think the, the one thing people have to be cognizant of, um, just to um, you know, be devil's advocate or Oscar the Grouch for a minute, um, <laughs> this is really going to come down to money. Absolutely. And yeah. at the end of the day, we want the community, in any visioning exercise, you want people to have ideas. You want the expression. We want people to be in the room where it's hot and sweaty and people are upset and happy and mm-hmm. have some emotional feel to it. We want that engaged because that means that people are engaged. Sure. Right? And we want that. Yeah. This is a big deal. And I'm sometimes a little surprised at how, how minimized some people believe of this. Mm-hmm. It's a cornerstone piece of property um, right on the edge of downtown. Um, it's really the first thing you see with Dean College as you come into the community into the downtown. And, you know, it's been a fixture there for next year will be the 100th anniversary. Yes. Um, And there's a lot of emotion in this. Um, Eventually, the emotional piece um, will carry us through into next session. But eventually, next session, the emotions will, and and the aspirations will collide with finances. Yeah. And Steve, the reality will hit. (laughs) You've you've commented on, I mean, you've followed this you know, th- there's a, it's seemingly, by my tally, there's like 100 to $200 million worth of wish list items in this community right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just not affordable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't care if the median income is risen. I, I understand that people, you know, all that property. But at the end of the day, you know, as Mike D'Angelo said at the meeting, I mean, we've known this. I mean, we're looking at like 40, 50, 60, million dollar renovation of that building and by the way any renovation like that makes Davis there almost non-recognizable because a renovation that would need to happen um, you know that's more expensive than what we think the police station right cost. sure we, we know we're we'll talk about it in a minute we're talking override the O word um, you know we're talking water rates it just at some point we have Tri County. We have to be cognizant. Um, of, this is just expensive. It is. And the community's going to have yeah. to make some priority changes um, in terms of what they want to see. And mm-hmm. Then there's the sensitivity of selling the land in the building. Right. And then a traditional developer, despite our best efforts, is probably not going to want to keep the building there. Right. So there's going to be some hard decisions. Yep. Uh, coming up. And, yeah. Um, I hope people. Fill into those meetings as mm-hmm. um, when people get back into town for school starting and in, in summer. 
hopefully there'll be some more people tuning in. Mm -hmm. Yep. Stay tuned. Follow along. Um, there's a lot happening, and yeah, it'll just be by the end of the year to get recommendations. Then the town council will tackle it um, and come up with, you know, their decision ultimately uh, yeah. or potentially. Yeah. They may decide to do nothing for a bit. Who knows? <laughs> but that's what the yeah. So. I mean, many communities do do that. By the way, yeah. I've oftentimes referenced the center school in Hopkinton, which is still sitting there after mm -hmm. 14 years of closure. Right. Because. Right. Everyone wants to believe the business community is going to step up, but the reality is I'd be hard-pressed to find a business who would say, I'm going to take on a mm -hmm. renovation project. Sure. You know, the yeah. land given is a different the matter. Other, given the other economic situations right. in terms of the interest rates, right. et cetera, absolutely. And then, oh, by the way, much to my shock, the zoning for that site is not downtown commercial. Right. It's actually single-family four. So when people start visualizing lots of housing, the mm -hmm. zoning is actually a, a, a detractor. Could, could be an impediment. Could be an impediment to right. that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of issues to mm -hmm. work out with this. and um, But it's still exciting to keep on going. Um, just like last night, having the police station building committee finally get started um, was a really big relief. You know? yeah. And it was a great overview by Mike about the process. Um, um, and I was seeing some uh, chuckles from the committee, but also a few glazed eyes. Mm -hmm. um, There'll be a lot of acronyms coming up. A lot of acronyms, <laughs> a lot of bureaucratic acronyms. But um, I know for Chief Lynch, I think a big, you know, when you're talking about sitting on a cloud, um, you know, if, you, if you saw Chief Lynch last night, you know, you could see him rising up onto a cloud like, mm -hmm. wait a minute, you know, we're, we're here. This is the start. Right. Right. We're in the gate. Right. And um, you know, there's nobody better than Mike and Chair Mercer who have mm -hmm. been doing who have almost for 25 years been a team of their own. Sure. You know, Tom Mercer and Mike D'Angelo, for people out there listening, um, have essentially built or renovated almost every building in town, including every school. Right. Yeah, Tom's chaired multiple six, buildings, seven building yep. committees, yep. high school, Horace Mann, Oak, senior center, senior center, library, fire station. Everyone. Library was. Library was. He was the vice chair. Of the vice library. chair. Uh, Judy right. Pfeffer was the Judy chair. Pfeffer, yep. Uh, but he was still there. He was. He was part of it. <laughs> Uh, and uh, and Mike is on the same. So this is is a great team already to lead this, and mm -hmm. um, and it's really exciting. And you know, I mean, I think they brought up a great point. We're going to do some open houses. The public needs to go into the building to see what when is you there. go in the building. Yeah. If you haven't been in there, Steve, hopefully well, you haven't been in the back rooms. I haven't been in the back room. <laughs> I've been to the front, and I've been to the side where I think it was either a Halloween or a road race there. So there was, I was yeah. into the front They've section. They had the Halloween parties and stuff. Right. But when you go in there, there's 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 some substantial issues. Right. Um, they referenced the closets last night. Yes. But I will go on record saying my biggest beef, um, there's a lot of them in that building, but my biggest beef is we have hired a female police officer every year for the last six or seven years. Mm -hmm. yeah, and their locker room is disgraceful. Yeah. And um, we had our first shift, I think it was a year ago, yeah. where we had a majority of uh, women officers, mm -hmm. more than men, on the first shift in the Franklin's history. Yep. And if we want to continue to support that, we have to have facilities um, in which um, women really want to be a part of. And um, mm -hmm. I give a huge shout out to Andressa Rosa, our patrol officer, for being um, the, uh, the female candidate of the committee to, to represent. show that and represent that Absolutely. viewpoint. Yep. Um, and she's one of our um, uh, 
in terms of our female officers, she's not doesn't have the most seniority, um, like Laura and uh, and Tara and and, um, and Leanne, um, but she's in that middle. She's not the newest one, mm -hmm. and we uh, we hopeful and crossing our fingers and expect her to be a big uh, part of our future here in terms of leadership at the PD. Um, and she's very very smart. She's very um, charismatic, and um, and she's uh, fearless with bringing her opinions forward. She's got a great sense of humor, and we're really lucky to have her. She's spending her own time doing this, by the way. Right. And, um, Purely and she volunteer. has kids, too, right? Yep. And she's on the union and all these things. And mm -hmm. so it's great to have her there. And, um, you know, that's something that um, is probably one of the biggest beefs I have with the station, in addition to having our sergeants literally in a storage closet, um, and we have no space for parking. Mm -hmm. and as we grow, um, you know, we really, from the outside, it looks like a really gorgeous, fancy building because the DPW mows the lawn well all the time. And facilities takes care of the building, but there's so much you can do. There's a lot <laughs> inside, and we really hope yeah. the public comes and takes a look inside yeah. and realizes, you know, um, just it's another level of commitment that our officers have mm -hmm. to being Franklin, but also to really... Um, I would say suffer <laughs> yeah. in that building. Yeah. It's, it's really a disaster yeah. inside. And, yeah. and Mike brought up a good point. Obviously, our police are out in the streets more, right? It's not like fire where they're True. where they're sleeping overnight, right? They're right. out in their cruiser the, eight-hour shifts. The use of the building, the use of the building, but is, changes but, considerably, but, uh, and thereby the location can be right. a little bit different as well. That's but right. those details will get worked through as they go through design, schematic design development all those things and i think looking at the team across the board you've got wide representation from uh yeah. other community members who are designers architects background builders as well as the police reputation you've got mech represented certainly the chief yeah. and you in terms of tom and his two other representatives yeah. from the colleagues from the yeah. council uh, Chandler had been a police officer, yep. now retired and serving, and yep. Delarco spent a lot of time uh, certainly with uh, MassDOT and now Massport. Yep. Uh, so th just, there's yeah. a breadth of... Construction is his jam, yeah, right? right? I mean, that's, that's, that's Bob Council Delarco's you know, thing. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, they, they pick the right people, and it's, um, I, have a, I can't wait to get you know, the OPM on board and really start mm -hmm. digging into the vision of what the building yeah. can look like. And, yeah, and the OPM is a key acronym. People will know before we're finished, that'll be a test <laughs> we'll do. Owner, project, manager. And you'll hear about that word too, also with the Tri-County project. Correct. The Tri-County, by law, you any building over a million and a half dollars has to have what's called an OPM. And really that's, your, that's the face of your franchise. Right. Okay, that's yeah. ultimately legally Mm -hmm. The town transfers authority to an OPM. In the case of Tri-County, they, they transfer the authority um, for building projects. So the OPM on Tri-County will be a very visible face um, as that project moves forward through the mm -hmm. process. Sure, too. So absolutely. So people will definitely know what an OPM is by the end of the Yeah, list. that'll be an easy, <laughs> easy answer on the quiz. <laughs> um, touch briefly on the economic development meeting also last night. Um, covering a zoning change, and potentially that comes to mind, that may be something considered for Davis-Thayer at some point in time, too. That's right. I mean, this is a, a situation where um, people may know in between the King Street Fire Station and Atria, there's one little house. Um, and another the, lot. The townies out there. It's yep. uh, Tommy Nasuti's house. And then there's another lot owned by Cumberland Farms. I, I, it's zoned residential. Um, and so the likelihood of a home being built between the fire station 
um, Atria and EMC is on the back of the Waddell, right. um, is really probably not going to happen. Um, and really, if you think about Washington Street, there really is very little and or no service is of any kind um, along almost the whole route, other than the former Coles Tavern or maybe um, you know Hillside down there. Mm-hmm. There really aren't any stores. There's no retail. There's right. no convenience. There's, there's no, no anything per se. Um, there's nothing yeah. before you get on the highway. Right. Um, you know, um, one citizen, Max uh, Morangello, brought up in issues about gas stations last night. Um, but if you're driving down Washington Street um, and you need to hop on 495 as a commuter. Um, while I want everything to be electric vehicles too, um, we're obviously very far away from that. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have to drive all the way through the intersection. I know it, it's not like you're driving on a big cross country trip here, but you know, you got to go through like six light, four lights, six mm-hmm. lights, something like that, get through to the thing, and then, come then back. find a way to turn around and come back. And then you got to go back through those lights. Um, and so, uh, the EDC last night, uh, considered, um, making that not residential zoning, but making it business zoning, which is distinctly different than commercial industrial, like in the office parks. Mm-hmm. Um, the business zone um, is a little more focused away from large-scale manufacturing, noisy things. Um, it's more away from major commercial industrial business, like what you see behind there on Constitutional Boulevard. Sure. Yep. Um, you know, hotels aren't allowed, I don't believe, in that zone. Like, bigger things. Yeah, it's, it's more a couple smaller, smaller parcels. retail type. Yeah, yeah, and I think what ultimately you're, the, the town is likely to see there um, is probably something relative to general convenience of service industries, mm-hmm. right? right? You're looking at a smaller strip mall. You might be in a convenience store. Unfortunately, there may be a gas station that is allowed but um, even a gas station is going to be difficult um, because of the sewer extensions, underground storage tanks issues. So there's a lot of permitting issues down the line that are not part of this. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right now, they're just considering the rezone of that little area. And, you know, give Councillor Frangelo and, and Councillor uh, Hamlin in particular, um, Councillor Jones, a lot of credit uh, about having discussions with you, which I cited at the meeting, mm-hmm. about, um, about new growth. Sure. Tax revenue, yep. property values, yep. tax base, um, and I think they all, with Councilor Sheridan, clearly saw like this. These were better uses, you know, for the senior complex too. Right. There's a there's, and there's a fire station. There's cars that come in. There's there's a there's a audience, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, a customer base um, that could be had. Yeah. Um, as opposed to another single family home which has never been developed for years. Right, it's been, it's been I, I walked by to go to the, my spot at the community garden, so <laughs> I've had to dodge by some of the bushes that overgrow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be happy to have you know, somebody actually do something with that at some point. But yeah, it, we do need, and we've talked in that series and in other occasions, we need smart growth. And this makes sense to be smarter growth than continuing residential. Right. So. We'll so see as it goes. It still has to go through town council, still has to go to a planning board, yeah. still has to come back to town council. So yeah. it's, it's not just happening like that. There's a process, which is what we spend time talking about as well. And just to close it out, um, this is not a referendum on what could be there. Correct. Right? Like there are, as I said, permitting issues that are a longstanding issues that are going to come up mm-hmm. um, relative to that. And if, the, if somebody is to acquire those parcels and... and and whatnot, 
I mean, they're going to have to go through a, a permitting process with the traffic issues that are right there, um, and some you know intersection issues, the sewer connections. What you know, there's a mm -hmm. lot to dig into. Sure. That will have more than I'm sure a full slate of public hearings at the planning board and the conservation commission. And, so ZBA, and ZBA as applied, whatever. Yep. Yep. So that'll be way down the line. Yeah. This is just the literal zoning. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, thank you for taking some time to talk, Franklin. We'll leave you kind of in the cloud so you can still live with those. Actually, uh, I'm going to go eat lunch <laughs> uh, and enjoy it. And um, I just, for all the parents out there, uh, even non-parents, it feels like summer um, was very short this year from rain, and now it's like fall already. Yeah. Uh, but best of luck as school opens. Um, drive safely, um, please. Um, here's my preachy message. You know, drive safely, slow down, mm -hmm. take your time. Um, buses will be on the street on Wednesday, we Thursday. It's a very, yep. it's a tough, it's really hard to integrate back in after Labor mm -hmm. Day into the school world right um, after a summer vacation. Yeah. Um, it's always pandemonium a little bit in September, yep. um, but we know the superintendent, all of our teachers, educators, coaches, um, they've been doing all their trainings, orientations this mm -hmm. week. You can feel the positive energy. I'm sure mm -hmm. they're on a cloud too, because I know uh, Lucas and Tina and the school committee and all of our teachers love what they do. Um, so this is their this is their Super Bowl playoff run mm -hmm. to get school going. Um, but please, you know, be be kind to each other. Um, be patient. Um, you know, it's always a transition. Uh, we all are busy. We all have too much on our plate. But um, you know, enjoy it. Have fun. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great time of year um, where school and athletics get back in and kids are running around and it's mm -hmm. great to see. So right. um, enjoy the new school year. Good luck on everybody's transitions and um, we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. Thank you again. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. And a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.